0: Hey, hey, this is Soma79 with a special announcement. My new mega mix is up. My MS Doom mega mix, Oxidation Moons Day, is now available. Go to www.soma79.com slash doom to check it out. It's a 30-minute mix that I did of MS Doom wraps over my own beats. I really enjoy it. I hope you really enjoy it. So check it out. Tell a friend. Peace. Welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you so, 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 so much for joining me today. This is another great episode of my man, Jared Ego. We talk about Planet Orson. We talk about the EP with Esoteric doing the music for it. Um, Jared was on a bunch of uh, episodes ago around middle of 2023. We talk about Planet, e- Planet Orson, which is a graphic novel slash film slash a bunch of other things that he's been working on. For a while his kickstarter was fully funded last year to the tune of about 40 grand and he is off and running so this is sort of a check-in on where things stand um the project is so cool we go into it a little bit here we talked about it more in the previous episode i'd say google planet orson you're going to hear some great stuff about it on this episode and all that cool stuff so so follow jared and um check out the project and uh yeah so um awesome hope everybody's having a great 2024 talk to you So, 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 so love. Meet Anne with wings clipped, quick to flip manuscripts. Cause her man went from damaged kid to damn, he's rich. But she still can't stand the way he manages to so never put nickels in the can for the cancer kids. Plus, he cheats at corn, holding rags that he won. So she lost interest like porno after she comes. My DM started jingling, baby, as it was done. Two seconds later, I can hear the snapping of her gums. She calls me half Dodge Challenger, half Lip Gallagher hey welcome to the newest episode of the articulate ox podcast i am your host soma 79 thank you so much for joining me our guest today is return guest uh writer of planet orson jared eagle what's going on today man
1: hey man appreciate you having me back bro just living the dream
0: yes uh lots of exciting stuff to talk about today um as um you know a lot of people checked out the last episode they've been following what was your kickstarter that was successfully funded so congratulations on that i believe that happened right around the time of our last interview so that's awesome. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, the big news that came out recently is, um, if for anybody who followed the Kickstarter knows, um, Esoteric from, from Czarface and from 7L and Esoteric fame recorded a few songs that are exclusive to Planet Orson. And you're having those pressed up on vinyl for people who pledged a certain amount during the Kickstarter. There's only going to be 40 of those pieces of vinyl. Mm-hmm. The music is now all recorded. I've, I've heard it. It's amazing. We'll talk about that. And you also have the cover for it which um, we will share momentarily so um yeah that's awesome stuff man i'm super excited as a huge fan of of orson wells and of esoteric and of hearing my sound of my own voice uh i'm gonna pass it up to you how's it going
1: oh it's going well man just just kind of in the the kind of the the aftershock of everything winding down we did raise a ton of money um, enough to get both the, the graphic novel and the, the 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 kind of incipient parts of of the short film going. So we're going to be having, um, we're going to be putting a full uh, 80 page minimum graphic novel together with an incredibly incredibly talented artist by the name of Tristan Uvienko, who's done work for like uh, Disney, Netflix, did a, a lot for a show called The Owl House, and because the Orson, it's going to be based on the Orson Maquette, which is kind of like. Um, a Tezuka-style um, big-eyed anime-looking, or like, like Thunderbirds or a Team America-looking character, we're going to we're transpose that style into the graphic novel. So it's going to have this really trippy feel where like you're treating this maquette like it's an actual human as you read the full story of the graphic novel, while at the same time we're going to be developing the movie with all of the people that have since expressed enthusiasm or outright joined the project, many of whom I can't name. But um yeah, it's 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 really exciting. This has been kind of a just as indie as it gets, just just you know, pushing through grit every day, reaching out to people, becoming more and more fearless, out of my comfort zone, not caring if I'm bothering anybody because yeah. at the end of the day, this is um this is the thing that's gonna, you know, be the anchorage for whatever my career is because I've poured so much into it and um you know uh esso's esso's been uh really really excited about it i'm actually going to send up a few vinyls to uh get one for him one for 7l one for deck uh one for logic because he's a huge wells fan he uh he actually used some of wells's speech on his last album he was in the last um,
0: starface album too freaking yeah Yeah. that's right yeah yeah yeah
1: and um and of course uh Tom Hardy, who may or may not be a rapper, but is certainly a friend of Esso's.
0: I that's there's a there's an Instagram account called Frankie Pulitzer yeah, that's following yeah, me. Face I uh, face yeah, and I, yeah. I reached out and I was like, I like your work, going to do a collab, and I never heard back. And I'm like,
1: No, and if uh and, and, and Esso's, you know, in the DMs is, is is quick to question uh why I referred to Tom's rap verses. So How I'm just he- happy to play along until I know for sure.
0: I, you know what? It's a great mystery. It's very, you know.
1: You know he um he he was signed to a label as I think a late teen, early twenty. That you can find his mixtape online.
0: That's funny, you You know this is a random thing. You ever see um? You know Romney Malikus.
1: Romney Malik, Yeah, yeah. He was
0: um. Yeah, he's 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 like a, a character
1: actor. You know who plays like kind of like these bug-eyed, exasperated, threatening characters. Yeah.
0: There was a, a rap group called the College Boys in the early '90s. That song called "Victim of the Ghetto," and he was one of those guys. I just found that out pretty soon, pretty recently. Wow, he's he's that old?
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he was nuts in um in um uh the master Paul Thomas Anderson. I'm I'm assuming it's the same guy. No,
0: talking, I'm thinking of a guy. He was in Forty Year Old Version. Was it I'm thinking of? I think that's the guy I'm thinking of. I don't know. I might be getting the name wrong. <laughs> I'm fucking it's okay. Well, Robert
1: is definitely an incredibly talented actor.
0: Um, Moving on though. Let's 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 actually show this cover because I got it. I got it right here. Um share screen. And can you see this?
1: I can see that you've started this, uh, screen sharing, but nothing's coming
0: up yet. Oh no uh, you can't see the planet Orson thing? I can see the planet Orson thing. I can't see anything else right now. Oh, that's all we need to see. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I thought
1: I thought you were gonna show a giant picture of Rami Malik and I was gonna be like, nope that's not him. Oh, no no no, no, yeah, no. Okay. Good. keeping I think it. I I might have got years. that
0: wrong, so I was moving fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I learned um I learned something really cool. This this awesome dude reached out. I got my first piece of fan mail, by the way, man. Yours is a like fan mail because you're a collaborator, you're a producer on this project. Just to let everybody know you 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 donated to be a producer. Oh yeah, I forgot
0: don't. about that. Awesome. Yeah, you, you, you didn't know that? I did, but it's just like <clears throat> I I do so much I do so much random shit.
1: Oh, I I, I hope this is a little non-random because no, that makes my naughty. fucking day actually. So, so I was just this... so
0: excited about the esoteric record. I think that's what I was mainly focusing. Oh, on. for sure, man.
1: Like yeah, and, and he's excited too. He just started doing cameos. I, I know. S- I already got one from him. <laughs> oh oh, I sent one to other producers on this project who pitched in quite a bit, and they actually sent me a bunch of their. They're all vintage transformers. And so I had SO shout them out. But um weird enough, I got my first piece of actual fan art from a guy on LinkedIn. Because yeah. I am so I am so low level professional when it comes to that site. I don't talk about, you know thought leaders or have anything that would suggest synergy or i mean it's a you're
0: too real to be on linkedin it's like like it would
1: it would be no better if if like my profile was like a picture of of me cleaning a barn um and i I, but i posted this i posted this cover and i i I, some dude in england found me and uh, we've been chatting through email he sent me this really really dope um just 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 uh art of Orson and Unicron. And um he, he introduced me to a term I'd never heard. So you see all the energy swirls in the back of
0: this? Yep. That's a Jack Kirby trope called Kirby Crackle. I had yep. no idea. Yep, it's very Jack. It. Yeah. And, and I have a um I actually on my shelf over there, Jack Kirby's grandson sent me an original pulp science fiction book that belonged to Jack Kirby from years ago. Oh wow. possession I think
1: he must have a book or two out himself, which I have to grab. Um, Jack Kirby's
0: amazing, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, no, yeah no. The colors here are beautiful. Like, shout out the artist, dude. Who's the artist? Who oh, that?
1: oh, Alejandro uh, Tori Pentel, um, which is really cool. He, he's from Spain. He's from Madrid. Um, I I reached out to him because I saw him as potentially doing the cover for the graphic novel as well. Um, having, you know, had such a such a such a, a very very narrow, but, but, but topical aesthetic, given his, his love for, you know, obviously this would be like a, like a silver bronze age type cover. Mm-hmm. um. And he matches up Jack Kirby and uh, Robert Crumb, R Crumb, if you're familiar, yep. you know, you can kind of see that in the eyes here. Um. And uh, he, a Tory, at Tory Pentel, T-O-R-R-E dot P-E-N-T-E-L. He's done covers that, you know, legitimate covers for Metro Boomin and, into the Spider-Verse, you know, stuff that's actually been sold. And um, he was super excited. He's a huge stop-motion fan as well. And Orson, another reason I wanted to go with him, Orson had a huge affinity for Spain. He moved to Spain after it was obvious that Hollywood was was both going to blacklist him and the United States of America were going to blacklist him because he he came out against uh, Elia Kazan, you know, of course, the, yep. you know, the, guy, the snitch blacklist. who was on the waterfront. But a fantastic director in his own right. And, and he could, it, it reinforced everything about my script that showed how hard it was for him to do work. And he was just ceaselessly, you know, um, dedicated to being who he was. And so he went to Spain, he fell in with Ernest Hemingway out there, where, and befriended all the toreros, actually narrated a film on Spain for Ernest Hemingway. And so Orson loves Spain the way that Tori loves, I guess, comics and stop motion. And it leads to an interesting discussion about whether Orson would love hip hop, which I think he would. But besides that, yeah, Tori has done a lot of work. He's uh, he's readily available. He's, he's doing a lot of, he has a lot of prints for sale. And um, just, he, he needs to be, his praises need to be, yeah. you know, shouted from the highest mountain, not in Florida, because we don't have mountains, we have mm-hmm. trash heaps. But um yeah, yeah. Um I was I was so delighted. I don't know if you you have, if you have access to the back of it as well. I do. That's actually showing it's that next. insane. It's fucking yes. insane.
0: Man, so I cannot wait to see this in person. It actually probably makes this a little bigger. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna come sealed tangible formats.
1: Wes at tangible formats is gonna be pressing these and um he actually—he's throwing in a few extra copies. He's a huge SO fan. I hope he keeps a couple for himself. I'm sure. I'm sure these guys do, right? If they want them, they just.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. how so much stuff leaks. Is that like, yeah. especially back in the day, it's like, yeah. Once stuff went to the CD pressing plant, all bets were off. But dude, look at look at this um look at this Unicron man. Like I,
1: I gave I sent him like a like a seven page uh treatment of of what the project was about he, yeah. he he actually followed me on instagram because i think he appreciated the effort i put into it and i basically you know how it is with artists you you give them as much information like a computer and you let them go do your thing and i said you know i just want to pay you and get out of the way and i think
0: I'll, i want a tattoo of the face of this thing as i'm looking at it i love this freaking you know that's that. what his
1: instagram picture looks like his profile picture it's, is it's, it? him doing that he's probably looking in the mirror to get the cigar right or the oh cigar. man i think this may get tattooed on me <laughs> so we'll just be... so fucking dope and you know that body the body there that's the unicron prototype body for the, yes. for the, the actual toy right which right modeled there. the maquette from our film
0: yep Let's talk so a little about the, the, the track listing here, because I've been listening to this a bunch this week since you shared it with and me. Hey, man,
1: I defer to you because, you know, as a I am a huge hip-hop fan, but you're a historian.
0: I you have a it. far greater bandwidth,
1: especially in, in the New England area. And so I am excited to be on here to learn from you about well, what your takes are.
0: It's funny. So this really remind me a lot of um, one of the reasons I quit rapping. <laughs> Which was this, this album that esoteric put out years ago called Server Suffer. And it was, um, so for years, like I you know esoteric's from I think Beverly Salem Mass area. I'm from yeah. the Hoppington, Framingham Mass area, kind of like different sides of Boston. Right. and like it was like he was sort of he sort of seemed to grow up very similar to me, very similar interest, age range, upbringing, stuff like that. But like he was established and he was a much better rapper than me. And it felt like there's no room for a secondary esoteric, which back then is what I kind of felt like. But I'm like, at least I make my own beats. I'm like, he doesn't really do that. And then he put out server suffer and it was this um. It was all his own beats. And I was like, well, fuck, his beats are amazing. (laughs) And so, and then around that time, I talked about some other episodes how hearing Percy P rap made me want to quit and I'm actually doing a song with him now around the same time that happened. So like this took me back to that because a lot of the beats sound very similar to Serve or Suffer, which I absolutely obviously love and at one time felt very intimidated by. But um, I'll tell you, this track that really sticks out in here is Upper Echelon because the beat on that it's i was i was listening to it before we got on it sounds like what donkey kong would listen to while he was getting ready to go out like partying like i fucking love that beat and by the way feel free to play anything if you have access to it um let me see how well how good it's gonna sound because i have it um on my it'll come out these speakers so let me know how this sounds
2: I transformed to a beast. Call me Predator. I transformed to a beast. I, it sounds like an acapella,
0: to be honest with you.
2: Oh,
0: we can't really hear the um... You can't you can't hear the Donkey Kong beat. Oh, okay. But that's probably because the probably because my mic is probably designed to condense things. But it's um... no, it's, it's all good. I,
1: I, I'm actually I go back and forth every day on how much of this I'm supposed to share because
0: obviously this is a Kickstarter reward. I'm not gonna share the full track to anybody. I a mean, mix. I could layer in, like, 10 seconds of it or something if you want, I and mean, that I can do Yeah, yeah, that's
1: that's kind of what, what I'm over. And, but by the way, man, speaking of beats, you shouldn't sleep on you with your beats, though, man. Your Oxidation Moon um, mix was, you know, a conflagration of awesome beats, man. Beautiful. I appreciate it, man.
0: I'm working it, man. on a new one. I'm, I actually, I'm price out this new drum machine I want to get, because I have, I want to do, um, I want to do two more of those. I want to do one for the Beastie Boys and one for Jadakiss. So those will be coming sometime okay. next year. So I've been I've been collecting the acapellas and um and getting the the info I need to do it. So those are coming, but okay. um, but yeah. So Esso he raps on Planet Orson and Upper Echelon, and it's just like it's very classic. Um, especially if you're a fan of um, and I've I, I love Zarface, but I've been a fan of Esoteric since these be days. Alert. Like, you know, I picked up this recently. Shout out to New Hampshire, Vintage Vinyl in Laconia, New Hampshire. These guys must have been psyched when he saw me walk in because he was <laughs> like, he pulled this, the, the guy, he was like, he's like, I do all the buying, you know, he pulled this one out, and I was like, yeah, sold. Um, oh, shit. What is that? Um, this is the Dangerous Connect. This is 7 Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So eventually, I might, might try to get their signatures on that. But um, So I've been a fan since back then, and it's like his style has evolved a little bit since then, and like, but this really reminds me of that old solo esoteric that we don't hear as much anymore. Cause it's like, he's sort of now, ne- you know, he's part of face. It's an evolution of his style, but it's like, he did rap a little differently before and this is a little more scientific this is even a little nerdier and I really dig that because it reminds me of like those early days which is a, a sure. great throwback because as for people who don't know you know be alert was the song yeah, very, yeah yeah that was one of their that was one of esoteric's first you know well- heard songs and it was based on a transformer sample. he references it you're bringing yes. from the be alert era, alert era. yep and, and so I don't know um, if you
1: got this from from listening to it i i i'm curious about your thoughts but from my perspective this this was a concept album that that has a very very salient timeline to me that is um essentially a eulogy to unicron i mean not to orson and so you start with this kind of almost elegiac beat planet orson beat i found to be kind of sad yeah. And um, you, you know, it's it's it, it it it's like something that you can play the speakers into the Empyrean and and just 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 kind of um ponder. And that entire song is about the 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 ode to the failure of Orson Wells to gain commercial success and and you know basically being entombed in the in at this t- at the time, this banal cartoon character, you know, the acting as the thing that was going to usher him into the afterlife. Being left with that, and so originally, Esso had some had a beat. He shared it on IG with the actual um, actual clips from the Transformers movie. He actually used um, a Vince DiCola beat uh, or um, track called "Closing In," um, which is the scene where um, the Autobots um, are, are chased by the Decepticons, and it's also it's also a callback to when Unicron is attacking Cybertron at the end into the third act, and that's um. Where Rodimus Prime then you know assumes the mantle from uh you know after transforming from into Rodimus from Hot Rod, um so that we had to take we had to cut that because of copyright issues. But this one is a is a wholly original sob. I was actually gonna find to see if SO had the entire uh, master for that one, and I was gonna send him a copy a cassette with with just that on it, and um but no he threw it out. So, um, fortunately I recorded his story and I have it on my private YouTube, but so this, this, this um, album goes from the death of Unicron, I mean the death of Orson, you know, into the birth of Unicron, and then you got the track Diecast Metal, which I'm not sure where he, where he got the audio from, but it sounds like one of those shows like The Toys That Made Us
0: yeah it's um because he, he it sounded similar to other types of samples he's used and it's always we it's, it's, i always want to ask people where samples came from and you're not maybe really he made it himself to. maybe he just might have friend i have no especially idea especially now because a lot of people now like a friend of mine uses does use ai to make stuff like that which i'm betting he probably didn't do for this because he's you know but um it's so hard to tell where stuff like that comes from yeah yeah so so
1: the first song is is just that that, that, that ode to the death of Unicron at the hands of Transformers and everything that represented. And, you know, the entire, you know, the, the lyrics are, are like a tableau of, you know, his desire to, to, to be great as he is, but having it suppressed by the idiocy of commercialism, which a lot of us can relate to on a micro level. Um, and then it, and it defers to die cast metal, which is just you know, a guy talking about his love of his old Transformers and, and tra- going through the transformations over a beat. And then um, you get into, so it goes from the death of Unicorn, like at a funeral, the death of Orson, sorry, this is like the third time i fucked that up, um, into a celebration of life, of the toys, which can then be this toy fans can then commiserate with the hip hop fans and there's such a huge overlap. And then you okay. get into upper echelon, which is this dope ass beat with, uh, with, with surprise surprised that deck showed up on the, um, on the hook. Yeah. And holy shit. Um, and, and that's just, that's so a love letter to the transformers, everything he loves about who they are and the toys. And, and, and then, um, you have a few versions of that. And then you, you tie it up with this really, really pensive beat. I'm, I'm curious to see how you describe the last track. But, like, to me, it all fit together as, like, almost like, like Gaia dying to give birth to the earth. You know, Unicron or, oh, fuck, Orson died to, like, give birth to this pop culture phenomenon that is now... Almost so old that it's being forgotten, just like Orson Heads. People don't remember yeah. the 86 Transformers. It's another, you know, Frozen Peas joke from the 80s that's ripping off Star Wars. And people remember the Michael Bay shit or the Rise of the Beast shit or Bumblebee. And, you know, this is yeah. now the new throwback. So we're making a movie, a throwback movie about an even older throwback that only the critics will remember. And and now we have this, this album just, just just, celebrating the life of, of this new phenomenon with the people who loved it most. And I knew that there'd be an overlap, a strong overlap between Transformers, old school and hip hop and comic books. And um, I'm glad I'm being proven correct about that. Not that it, was it was
0: funny it, too, is the art is a throwback to the 70s and 60s too. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly, exact, exactly. So it's that's like, right. we're like, just like this echoes through time here. It's right. Like, it's that's why I,
1: I thought that, you know, I was really excited to see what he was going to do. I thought um, there was a cover um, by uh, an artist named Stas Johnson. If you look it up, it's Transformers UK, number 322, I believe. Um, and it's um, it's I, I liked it because it avoided a lot of copyright issues. And what it is, is through the perspective of the Unicron Planet Mouth, which is like a serrated urchin, is how I describe it in the script. So a bunch of jagged metal triangles for teeth. Then you're looking through it from Unicron's perspective out into space and Optimus Prime is coming towards you, charging towards you in space, holding out the matrix of leadership, Power Master Optimus Prime. What I wanted potentially, and I never imposed this, nor would I, um, was instead of Optimus, it was Orson, our Orson coming towards Unicron, filming With orson like and unicorn are as i've fucked up repeatedly indivisible infrangible and the same um i thought that would be interesting but but what he did and what the true gift of artists is bringing things you couldn't have foreseen and i could not have foreseen this and now i can't see anything else yes
0: that's the beauty of it too it's just okay. it's so, such it's there's so much character that comes to life in mm-hmm. this drawing it's not only is it reminiscent of so much from you know our childhood and just the style of it and the colors and the way it feels like that 80s and 90s comic book like ink to it yeah like you, for can, sure. you can feel this texture of this this digital image because it's like we remember what the paper that looked like this felt like it's, it's yeah I yeah it. i
1: can't i can't i can't wait to, to hold it i'm just curious maybe you can't untease it from you know your experiences but like if you didn't know anything about my project and you're just stumbling into that same record shop and you saw one copy of this sticking out, what would your thoughts be?
0: Oh I would be I I would most likely buy it. Like really? I if, if I especially well, esoteric would be the kicker because it's like sure. um yeah I would especially if I if I knew the history of how few there were um i might i might like do some googling on the slide under the counter to, to kind of check the story but like okay. there's good shows i'd want this for my collection because essentially that is what happened except it happened online
1: <laughs> for sure man for sure yeah dude you're you're yeah yeah man you're gonna have you're gonna have one of these and um you know, I'll, I'll I'll try to swing you an extra if I can, based on like whatever we have. Oh man, but, Take, um, save you know, these what, for
0: everybody, and it's like there's only so many of these, so spread them around. Oh, right? I know, I know. I
1: have um one guy, a couple people have started reaching out. Well, I've re- I've engaged them and they've replied about you know being able to purchase this, and so I now I have to figure out what a what a reasonable price point for something like this is, and you know you know I my, the hope is right that that the price only goes
0: up hereafter as this right. project
1: picks up steam.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? because yeah. uh, it's it's the, the the vinyl market's pretty nuts too I, I just scanned my entire collection into discogs and now i have like so like i scanned my whole collection in and the the range that it says it's worth is between like ten thousand and like sixty thousand in your whole yeah, but it's like okay. when, before anybody goes breaking into my house or anything, it's like the sixty thousand would be if like everything was like in perfect condition. Mint is not. Do they grade it's... records the way they grade toys and comics and cards? They do. And, and it's like anything. The difference between mint and near mint is actually. Is pretty I, I I I I struggle with that, man.
1: I get yeah. it, but I struggle with it. Um well although I understand it now because some of my toys are so old that the tapes are yellowing and and stiffening and splintering and so they're not sealed anymore but like you know those it's, things But it's so expensive and- i love a bargain though
0: part, i love a bargain part of me is that i do enjoy trying to i it's not having it, it's having it at the right price for me so okay. like, i do i do love that aspect of it and um I don't know. I like the I like the, enjoy, the enjoyment of going to stores and collecting and talking. But yeah, I, yeah, it's like, I'm sure that's why I think this belongs in a few select record stores where like the right person, like the dude that was talking to me at New Hampshire, um, vintage and vinyl, like he was just sized me up and knew exactly what I was looking for and pulled out the esoteric record. It's like someone like him knows, would know the value of something like this. And like, and that's what I'm enjoying a lot more about record stores. They're feeling more boutique than ever, where it's like, mm-hmm the the people there understand the value to curating collections and they're you know finding the right audience so yeah yeah a couple a couple a couple
1: points uh, adjacent to that like um what what what's really cool and maybe he doesn't give a shit is like Esso's a really brilliant guy like like he is standalone just just phenomenal and, and what and, and is kind. I know we, we we gave him his flowers in the last episode but but like I thought I thought about, like, well, what if I try to capitalize this by saying Esso of Zarface? Well, everything is Esso of Zarface. Well, what about if... Well, well, one, I wouldn't overstep my boundaries there because this is an Esso album, not a Zarface album. But number two, like, he deserves to stand alone. Even if he's gaining all this traction with Virgin and everything else from his... from, from, from Zarface, like, he by himself is a monolith and deserving of that recognition. And so this gets... He gets to be acknowledged for that on here. And I also thought like, what if this is like the last SO
0: slash Zarface album that's independent now that they're with Virgin. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty. And, that's and pretty it's, great. yeah. It's so that, that's funny. That first point you mentioned actually segues into something you didn't know that it was going to show, but um, I okay. actually, since that I, since you've last been on here, I actually have had a transformer on the show. I met that transformer because of Esoteric. Um, I was looking online because I have a song with Esoteric and Cool Keith and Aztec coming right. out next year called Doomsday for a Man of Steel. And mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out the best, how you tag him in a song so that it appears on Spotify in the right way to do it, not do it with Czarface, do it with whatever. And I found this other guy who apparently was trying to figure out the same thing, my man Ward Burglar. And I just wanted to share this. This is Starscope. So, if anybody saw the Word Burglar episode a few episodes back, he voices um, this Transformer, Starscope, on, I believe, a Netflix Kids um, Transformer show. He's dope. A- Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. He's a really, really nice, fun guy. Also, had nothing but great things to say about Esoteric. Um, There's Esoteric gets a lot of flowers in this podcast, Um, but uh, sure, sure, yeah, you know, but like um, well deserved. But yeah, I just want to share this out. We've had a transformer on the podcast since your last year, my man Ward burglar. I'm glad
1: it's a I'm glad it's a telescope and not like a dermoscope. It looks like it could transform into the lens that like dermatologists use to see if a mole is cancerous. Yeah. I was going to say, he's too happy to have seen all that shit. I know. I know. Um, but uh, that's, that's that's really
0: awesome. So you said it's like a Netflix show? I think so. I think it's called like, I I, I just Googled that a few minutes ago because I it, okay. it just occurred to me. But it, it's called like Bots Bots or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's actually uh, Mikey and Louie, our producers, they oh, cool. 3D printed um, an Orson toy. I'll send you one as well, like based on our maquette that transforms into a planet. And they use the Bot Bot template. Oh, cool! It's like it's like the preschool level uh, kids Transformers, I think. Yeah, Simil- so- similar to like the the My First Transformers by Play School that in Japan were called like um Transformer Coon. So there's like Jet Coon and Truck Coon. Actually, one of my most valuable remaining figures is one of those unopened from those It's Probably worth I don't know four five hundred bucks. Not 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 that much, but um yeah, that's 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 really something else with um. You said, you said it's word burglar Word burglar. Yeah. It's funny. Um,
0: like I've been talking about this thing on the podcast that I've been calling village idiot syndrome, which is that I grew up in a small town. I was the, I was a random weirdo. No one liked all the same shit as me, but now since I've started this podcast, I'm finding my other village idiots in other parts of the world and how interconnected we are not to call you, call you a village idiot, but that's just uh, the term that I'm using. Hey man, the, the hustle is so exhausting. You become an idiot by default. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. have a choice. Yeah. But it's like Wardberg was one of those dudes too. And it's funny, it's like you're the dudes there, the producer probably know him because he was on that show. It's yeah, like this, this it world is. of village idiots. We're No for, for sure. Like like I was the kid who um I I
1: people used to try to, you know, disparage me by telling me, you know, how I used words that were different or that my syntax was different, or that that I, I, I just I had this alterity about myself that, that didn't fit into the, the LinkedIn world. Now the, the, the kids who had any semblance of cool on LinkedIn, a lot of them like are completely eroded of, of, of any of that. And, and like, I, I do believe that by staying true to ourselves, we are accelerating our, the the maintenance of our health into, into older age because we don't have to wake up into a lie and, and, and betray ourselves and ourselves each each moment of the day by by trying and likely failing to be someone we're not
0: you know i agree with that so much it's like for me i found that and i don't talk too much about my regular job here but like i i changed jobs a few years ago partially due to a mental health issue i was happening having in the place i've been at like i found that i've been able to merge my professional self and my personal self in a way that like that like i'm no longer one person pretending to be somebody else and a lot of my mm-hmm. life i was like you know especially when you go in the like, going to an office all the time you spend a lot of time inside this mask and especially when you're not like just having to put on the uniform of this office person took so much right. out of me in a way that right. maybe i'm just a bitchy little bitch whining about it but like i feel so much more genuine to myself now and i give so much more at work and i get so much more personal it's i don't know it's wonderful
1: and and you're you're also just doing so well with your creative pursuits that you probably go into work a little more whole and fulfilled yeah, than, so. than, you know. But it's got to be it's got to be exhausting. But the fact that your job doesn't drain you so much like when I was a, a middle school teacher, I was at the time working on a, a script that I've been um I've been hired to write for a subsidiary of Lionsgate, and um I would drive from my school like 40 minutes to get to the closest coffee shop that was actually a functional place to write because the one that I lived in, in the small town in central Florida, it was like the, it was like the the Starbucks for like a 15 mile radius of every small town. And yeah. if you know anything about these small towns, if you encounter the, you'll encounter the same people over and it's, over and over and it's incredibly mm-hmm. rude to not sit and chat a spell. Yeah. You, you know, it's like the social currency requires that you, you know talk to them through that you know when they're done with their church group or whatever they're doing there and so i had to bypass that and drive into like the the mecca this is funny the mecca of stds in the country called the villages they've done a they've done a, a documentary i think on netflix about it it's, these older people uh, yeah it's like a landlocked cruise ship um and you know you've got these these, these randy unhinged drunk People whose um, randiness and access to alcohol is coinciding with the precipitous descent of their immune system. And so they're just well, put. and not caring and contracting. Yeah. And spreading. And so you have this high rate. Everybody drives around in a golf cart there. I He's swear. the people <laughs> who are going to
0: choose our next president. What's that? <laughs> He's the people who are going to choose our next
1: president. Right, or, or you, you know, who or who I have to do a song and dance for to underwrite my film. Yeah. Um, but but I swear, when I was there, I could have been hallucinating from fatigue from teaching. I swear, I saw a golf cart being chased by a police golf cart. <laughs> and if that didn't actually happen, I am telling you that it did, so that we can at least pretend.
0: That's like something out of Reno Nine One One. Yeah, no, it, it it's it's it, it
1: was it was funny. Yeah, the, the villages and it's all. Uh, it's in between Ocala and Orlando, and um, it's, it's just, state lasting, down there.
0: you know, everybody's
1: favorite place to go, obviously.
0: So speaking, uh-huh. actually, you know, what? I had a few things Siri wanted to show. You was sent out this postcard a little while ago. Hopefully you can see it here. Um oh man, yeah. That's yeah. me with
1: the gray beard now.
0: Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. This I, looks very beautiful. If I had my glasses on it, I'd read the back, but... Um, appreciate it,
1: man. Yeah. yeah just a little note about how hard it is to get a film made or any project, and, you know, you know, because of supporters like you, you know, we were able to to, to get something going and to
0: stay tuned. Where did this art come from?
1: Um, That's the back of it is actually going to be the poster that um, I hope to have in my house soon and to share as well. Um, well, you know, the maquette is just a super, it's superimposed. It's not part of the original still life. The maquette is just graphically put on the top layer, the the puppet, and then the back stuff with all of the Orson Welles DVDs, that's actually a screen capture from when our producer Eric Eric Calderon, who is now in charge of the creative branch of one of the top um, experiential theme park companies in the world, uh, Falcons Beyond, they just went public. There's literally his his, his profile picture of his face on the Nasdaq. Um, but, but uh, he had produced ring Apple that back. bell. <laughs> yeah, no, he did. He did, or or his wow. CEO did. But, like, he produced Afro Samurai. He did, actually, the Man of the Iron Fist with RZA. Uh, he was one of the original creative executives at MTV Animation. So, working on stuff like The Mask. or Celebrity or mask. Death
0: Mask, maybe? Celebrity Death Mask? Made? Yes,
1: he did. He had a yes. huge role in that. And um, awesome. like Beavis and Butthead and Daria. And um, Eric, uh, before he got super busy and was still living in L.A., he flew in to meet with this company that's now his home base. And uh, he wanted to do some footage just interviewing me. It didn't make it into the Kickstarter video, but um, this poster did that. He, he had me bring some of my Transformers and I brought also some of my Orson Welles DVDs. And um, the Transformers I brought were those little mini bots, like the Bumblebees and the Jumpers and the Bronze. And I brought some Brazilian ones, like the white one is um, uh, one that wasn't released um, as a figure and certainly not as the white color in the United States. It's actually from Brazil where it was um, licensed by a company called Estrella um but i brought all these toys and i had them we had them sitting there in front of the um in front of the uh um the stack of the dvds and they were just kind of collapsed over and we i eric saw that and he took his camera and he started recording and did a rack focus from this heap of collapsed transformers to orson welles's dvds and it it what to me it looked like was um a juxtaposition of his great art and the his collapse beneath this this commercial entity. And it was just so fucking cool. It was just like capturing lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And so he ended up turning that into one of our promo posters. That's still. And it looks like something out of the 70s. It looks like it could have been an alternative poster for the Wells film that was just released on Netflix, but was from the 70s called The Other Side of the Wind. I love that. That's my favorite poster of all time. I'll check that out. And um, he's going to hopefully send me one. <clears throat> um and uh but but he he decided to use that in tandem with our maquette to send out the postcard as he should because both of those pieces of art are beautiful
0: yeah there's so much beautiful art coming out of this project it's, yeah it's yeah, so, yeah it's, so, it's so cool to be a producer on it and be able to see all this happen and oh know. man yeah yeah <laughs> you're you're usually one of the first and minimum
1: first to five people i speak to about everything that's going on i actually have something i'll I'll dm you about i can't talk about it now but another artist i really 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 admire just reached out to me today um who uh about doing something he's done something for um actually i don't want to say anything because i don't put that energy there but um, the more that i have like like i just felt like after i got this graphic or i got this um album cover I just, I just felt like I powered up a little bit with like the momentum behind this project because people do judge a book by its cover. Yeah. And Esso's album is incredible. Esso's amount is, is awesome, but it's not something to look at. Now we have something to look at. Now we it's have tangible. a totem for people to say, this is how my project should be perceived. And so now they take the journey of the Kickstarter, they see the elements that we have there, and they can encapsulate it in this button of what Tori made for us and say, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. At least, you know, that's what my arrogance is telling me. No,
0: I mean, I, that's how I felt when I saw it. <laughs> you know, um,
1: I, because we don't own the rights to the Transformers. Right. Orson you know, Welles' estate is is, is is very possessive. And given that my, my film entails the story of Christopher Wells Fetter, who is the eldest daughter, but not the one who oversees the estate. That's Beatrice. Um, there's a chance that this story may not be the most well-received. I don't think it's going to be like Blonde Ambition, the Madonna script that was at the top of the blacklist by Elise Hollander and Madonna came out against it. But I do think that because of all these elements, going the independent route ensures that we're not trying to profit from something. At least right now, I don't know how that will work, but I've noticed that the farther we've gone, the less people care about whether anything is wrong with it.
2: Because it's just its own
1: thing now. Yep. and Thank and you. I'm being uncompromising I had no idea that I had these producer muscles in me to just reach out make connections
0: and um it builds fast because I'll tell you even me I'm just, I was just celebrating a year with this podcast I'm reaching out to people I never would have reached out to before and I'm just like hey whatever they respond they don't it's like a lot of them do and I'm like all right I guess I guess yeah. I just learned how to do it you know
1: um I don't know if you have any reddit um screenwriting um reddit uh, viewers on your podcast but there was recently, uh, a post that I put on a Burner account, it was uh, a fa- uh, famous rapper made an album for my high-scoring Blacklist screenplay. The Blacklist, of course, is Franklin Leonard's yeah. um, company uh, that vets screenplays and, and connects high-scoring ones to industry professionals in a very, in, in a very legitimate way. And then the, the official blacklist, which is separate from the blacklist site, BLCKST.com, is the list of the top uncirculated screenplays through Hollywood. It started out scripts like Juno, The King's Speech, um, uh, what the was the name of uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Like it started out with those scripts. And as you know, my former manager's um, company, uh, was at one time at the top of it with a film called a script called Bubbles written by Isaac Adamson which is the story of Michael Jackson from the perspective of his pet monkey. I mean Starburn.
0: Was that happening? Was that, I'm guessing that script probably get caught up in some litigation but I'm in you know it got
1: caught up in uh, Leaving Neverland. Oh. Taika yeah. Waititi, What We Do in the Shadows and uh, Thor Ragnarok yeah. You, you sign up to, to direct um, the <laughs> film package sold for like $20 million at con. And then that, that happened. It went away. And, and I don't know what Isaac's doing. I assume he's still getting work from it, but like the blacklist occasionally takes risks on, on scripts like this. And so like, I, I always saw the Orson project as, um, uh, you know, Orson's too dead to really have much, more that's bad said about him. He he, right. he was a difficult guy. He was not a bad guy. I don't right. think you know, people will lament that he was not nice, but they won't lament.
0: That, as far as I know, that, that he did anything unsavory and especially and if he abused anybody, especially when you hold it up against the times, it's like there's a lot of other people from those times who did a lot of things that are well known that are bad that we just sort of gloss over because, right, 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 John Lennon's of the world, do the Elvises, you know, oh, for, for sure, sure, for sure. If you and look hard enough, you will find something, right. and um, yeah, I think it's, it's like Orson, he was he was a um, eccentric, it's probably a good he was
1: he, he, he was he was difficult to deal with, and 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 you know, like one of the things about. Try to capture Orson is that he was so expansive and multifarious and 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 um and prone to, to interpretation that you can say everything he did was true, and that's actually the name of the film that he had destroyed that is the encompasses the second act of my script. It's all true. He could say the same about him. But I went on to Reddit on a burner account and I posted that link or that 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 comment um that 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 thread rather about you know famous rapper and um you know agreed and i just basically sought advice for what people would do if they had this kind of tangential thing happening where yes eso is awesome and i didn't mention eso i didn't mention zarface i didn't mention anything because i you know reddit reddit's gonna reddit yeah you know if someone sees it now well there you go but um it got like 200 upvotes and like a ton of comments, and most of the comments were, we can't help you if you don't share who it is. But one of them was from um the uh, one of them was from the um the founder of the blacklist, Franklin Leonard, who was like, you know, please let me know. I, I I'm I'm gonna reach out. I, I I just DM'd you. I just sent you my email address. Um, uh, it's not Kanye, is it? Please tell me it's not Kanye. And so I I kind of had this existential crisis about what it meant to be, like, truly famous. And I'm like, oh, fuck. S.O. is famous. Absolutely. I don't feel like I said a fib. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And if if you don't consider him top-tier, you know, mumblecore or Travis Scott famous, well... He's damn well talented enough to be
0: and to the right people. He... I mean, he's signed to a major label. He's had right. a twenty plus year career. He's working with a member of the Wu Tang clan right. for the past right. decade. Yeah, what else do you need? You know, I'm, I'm guessing he gets bothered at least once or twice every time he goes to the grocery store, <laughs> like especially around here. Yeah, isn't he the
1: chaperone for like his, his kids' school too? I think he called himself the Zarparon. I, I think so. I I can himself... I can't
0: imagine. I can't imagine what it's like being his kids especially the older one, who I think is probably like yeah, Xavier? Right, Xavier, to yeah, really Xavier and one. Ali, yeah. Yeah, awesome. it's, they, that kid must, it's it's like, it's funny, you think having a lot of famous dads would suck, but he seems like probably a good one to have, because he's just like, he's just involved in stuff that's so cool, that's like targeted towards that demographic.
1: He's you know, balanced, he's a, a full on dad. We've had a lot of great private exchanges just where he's shown his true colors as a caring father and a caring human, you know, taking an active interest in my own daughter, and, and, you know, having that bond is really special. Being a dad definitely, definitely changes you um, for, the, for the better. And it's an inevitable change. It's something you can't undo if you truly embrace it. And, uh, you, you, you know, it's really cool seeing that that he's, that, that he, that, you know, he's got this, that, that, that soul that, 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 you know, threw down with, with self-titled an Army of the Pharaohs and Vinny Paz. And he, he, here he is, you know, walking his dog every morning. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, going to recitals for his little girl, and it's just it's, it's awesome,
0: right? And not scary to be both of those people and have that be yeah. the same person, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I
1: think, um, I think when when his son goes to these, he's, he's always doing like front seats at the Celtics games. All I can think of is like, it's good to be the king, yeah, yeah, under nice. he's like an underboss of
0: Boston, he's learned it, man. Yeah, um, uh, it's funny. So, uh, so on the last episode you were on, I mentioned how I to my memory, I only had one Transformers story as a kid, and I showed it, and it was this one that, like, I... Thundercracker. It's still, yeah. like... Right. Yeah, bro, you got to finish that transformation, man. Yeah, I know. I'm still working on that. Yeah. Um, you can send it to me, and I'll do it for you. It might just do that. <laughs> that. The day that episode came out, I was up visiting my parents in their new house in an undisclosed location in Maine. You found a bunch of them. Yes, and I yeah. was going through some stuff, and I thought they'd give me all my stuff back, but I found that day... A bunch of transformers that i didn't know that i had so for some reason the universe was thinking about transformers that day. so a couple
1: things that's missing the the plastic insert you can buy replica inserts oh put into the boxes oh cool. well we got this that's Trailbreaker. Trail Trail he Breaker. was the autobot who created the force fields around everything he's also the slowest autobot this is he star screen SUV. there's star screen but you got to press He's not a cone head. So you have to push the head back. You have to push push the cone back. Ah. well uh, you got to hold the cockpit in his chest and and create a fulcrum at the head to push the head push the pin. Move
0: my main it. finger topwise. <laughs>
1: no. So put your thumb, put your thumb in front of the window where the cockpit is. Put yeah. your thumb in front of the window. And you see you see, act like you're petting your dog and you're pushing the head back. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. You're pushing it up. So hold it there. Yeah, yeah. Push see the see the cone. See the cone, see the cone. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Got it.
0: Yeah.
2: Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, because
1: yeah. um, in in the um in the Transformers cartoon, there were three conehead Transformers, three jets, and they were like the three Stooges. They were morons. They were always bumbling, oh, and their names were terrible: Durge, Ramjet, and Thrust.
0: Oh my God!
1: But They're literally... still better than
0: Skids and Mudflap, but.
1: Oh, that's they're not racist either. Yeah. No, of that's, course. That's skin actually. I
0: thought I thought you said yeah. one of these but yeah. one of them. Yeah, that's entities. that's yeah.
1: That's um one They, of to, they took
0: people. something that was just a bad name and they kind of made it
1: racist. Right. No, no, no. yeah, Michael Michael Bay was
0: you know, his, yeah. his his
1: his his, his not his non-colorized
0: blackface. Yeah, I know. But but don't worry, he's also terrible to women <laughs> allegedly. Oh, good. Good. At least he's consistent. Yeah, ask Megan Fox what she thinks about him. But,
1: um, oh, yeah. and, you, you know, Shia. You know, Shia LaBeouf, like, went out this this, you know, this feud where he would just submit to screenplay competitions, and there was this whole thing that were people, you know, letting him win these competitions because of who he was or because the scripts were actually good. That's how his movie Honey Boy turned out. Yeah. Anyways, you had another one to show me. Sorry. Oh no! I mean, I just I always love like the I love the old man Oh, the pamphlets are, are great, bro. Is that the yeah. this is from Cybertron one where you can get the mail away shit? Oh yeah. no, that's just oh yeah yeah. Those are the the OmniBots on the left. Um, downshift camshaft and overdrive, and then you have the Power Dasher's, and then the the little base set, the little cardboard thing. That's the Stars Mail Away um, base set. If you find that in mint condition, you know you might as well just retire.
0: I'll keep my eye. Hopefully, that's in my parents' house. Yeah,
1: and, and those um those pre transformers come in really cool boxes in Japan. The OmniBots and as well as Ratchet, the ambulance came in these really slick looking white with blue grid, blue lining box boxes. They were actually displayable in the states. They just came in like blank brown packages.
0: I found this car as well. I tracks, remember. tracks. If you pull, if you pull out underneath the
1: the chassis, you got wings. It's yeah. A, um, it has little wings down there or should maybe, or, um, I don't have my glasses on. Maybe, so maybe, maybe they were an accessory or they I'll broke off. it. Um, but yeah, that's, a, that's, he's one of those. So the these favorite. are
0: transformers, but I, I, when I said, I think you had some knowledge of these and these are the other things that I found that, um, I had these as I was very young, my grandmother got these for me we had two of these.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think those are by Bandai. I don't I exactly right. I remember, but, um, That's um, and I can't tell, I can't tell if that's a knockoff, but um this
2: I don't think it. it,
0: Well, this I believe came from Japan. I think it's um,
1: isn't isn't that like um, it's it's like something. It looks like like something like a Japanese Bandai, like like Power Ranger precursor, sort of. Yeah, it comes like
0: in pieces. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I thought these were kind of cool. But yeah, good good on my parents. They didn't get rid of anything. Oh, that's awesome. I've had the,
1: I've, um, my, 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 folks bought me so many as a kid. And, and like, I did donate a few, um, when I was younger and then I bought them back and I, I kept the box, some of the boxes like you and, um, you know, it's just, I didn't realize now. And I feel kind of bad that like, they were like the, the wealthy kid toys. They were super yeah. expensive for the time. And so like, you know, kind of having such a big collection now feels like a flex, and that kind of made me feel bad, even though I did pay for a lot of it with my own money, um, you know. And I just hope now that the people who love them are in the place between like Timu and like a lot of the proto or a lot of like the, the knockoffs or like you know eBay. I just hope you know people are able to enjoy them because they're really cool and they 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 just did so much for me emotionally because they were kind of a, when I put the collection together, it was just kind of a place for me to escape to. Like, you know, if my parents were fighting or something, I could just immerse myself into that. Oh, I know really like, I, you know, I realized they're not just toys that I love. They're things that protected
0: me. Yeah. They're a world you're And that's it. what all of our,
1: our love of this this stuff is, is like insulation from <laughs> the bills of the world, the, the, the CNN headlines, everything that is just kind of predatorily
0: trying to, to get you to doom click right and that's how stan lee wrote his characters too they came from that place of like of needing to protect that thing on the inside needing to make yourself bigger on the outside to protect that thing on the inside and be able to just like absolutely
2: and
1: and ron was friends with stan by the way man you're frozen i i can i can talk to you i can hear you but i can't see you oh okay it's just you going "Uh uh-huh oh we're moving on this end
0: on on this end you're moving okay so i think there you go there you go there you go yeah yeah. Oh, I've been reading Ron's book. I got, to, it's funny. So like my goal this year was to read 12 books okay. and there was, um, I got the last two weeks ago, I realized there was, I only finished seven and there was five that were half read and that was one of them. And I finished, So now I finished 11. That's the last one. So that will be done um, by the end of the year. I'll let him know.
1: He'll be really grateful. He might reach out to you. Sweet. It's a fun um, book. Yeah, yeah. He, he read the, he, the book to me reads like having Ron as a teacher. It's super colloquial filled with all sorts of humor you also get some really cool kind of i don't want to spoil it but like some really cool um um meta interactions with the transformers and yes you know, like a deus ex machina similar similar to like vonnegut in the breakfast of champions mm-hmm. kind of um emerging into the into the the book itself and 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 you, you know ron is so much smarter than that toy line. Yeah. He got into MIT. He was, um, he, but he had this good. And he were, the to Carnegie Mellon because he's from Pittsburgh. He's a he's a Jew who grew up in 1940s Pennsylvania or Western West Virginia. Imagine that. Yeah. That's, and um, you know, he's
0: speaking he's, of feeling like a village idiot. <laughs> like, right.
1: His dad. His dad died at a young age from septicemia, contracted in a very, very unsanitary hospital. I think he said that his dad's doctor was walking around with a dog on the leash. It was like an open ward. And I mean, back then there were- Yeah, it's a a miracle anybody lived
0: past six. Um, And and now he's
1: in his 90s and his brain has the horsepower uh, of anybody a third his age with the only difference being he's constantly exposed to the ravages of time. But like he persists. And what's really kind of sad is that the only reason I got this amazing guy as my professor was because ageism was a real thing. And so like one of my goals with this project is to have his creative genius, because this is a, what I wrote is a dramatic film. It, if anything, it's, it's, it's taking the, it's doing the, 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 the reverse direction of what parody usually does, which is it, it, it turns something serious into something that's satirized by by showing how what is taken or seemed serious is actually unseemingly hilarious. Right. And it's taking the, the, the unserious Transformers and it's it's dignifying them by giving them a, an inflection point on which Orson Welles has to then, you know, kind of reconsider his own life. They're like a Greek chorus or an inquisitor in my script. And so it's this dramatic arthouse film that has Transformers and I, you know, I, my hope is to like have it go somewhere and say, you know, this is because of Ron. Ron is the genius that inspired this. He's not the guy that
0: just drew cards or wrote cartoons.
1: He, Ron's, he's very
0: decreed. he had me I, I think I mentioned before he showed out Mark Avenir and in, in the intro to his book who to me was one of the biggest influences on me who was right like, he's a big part of Groove big part of Garfield and Friends and as soon as Mark dropped that name I was like okay I like this guy and the other thing that's funny you mentioned the Vonnegut thing it remembered me the other connection that we have is Stephen Geller who is right. my, right. was my yeah. professor yeah. and my, my mentor in college who wrote the Slaughterhouse High yeah. film yeah. and his book Gad sort of does remind me I bet him and Ron good chance they probably know each other or at least know of each other they sure. seem kind of like two peas in a pod to some degree you know yeah and they're, they're
1: probably of a similar age because um yeah. um unless he was exceedingly young when he was hired to adapt this unfilmable script um it won at con in i think 1972
0: yeah i mean he mentioned having like lunch with like um fellini and like mastrian mm-hmm. like in, for sure, in for so, sure. like so he's, like he's up there in age he's got to be 70s 80s if not older you know oh definitely
1: not 70s man i think that would be too young still yeah um, yeah i'm, yeah. I'm um, still
0: getting i'm still getting used to my parents being in their 70s i, I gotta bump everything up ten. it's years. crazy man Like and maybe he's like older, almost 45
1: we're, we're 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 closer to like 2050 than than, than like what 1990
0: i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is bro like, it is you know i feel good okay. though i tell you it's like i'm betting for me, I feel better, happier, stronger, healthier than ever, and I'm I'm betting you're probably similar. I feel like I've aged
1: well. I feel like you know I've 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 come into more of who I am. I feel like the strongest, um, parameter for determining my health has been just my presence in my daughter's life. And she's going to be seventeen in uh, a month and a half, and um, you know, and then before I know it, she'll be out in the real world and just seeing. Being able to be a dad for her has been like a tonic for every other area in my life because she's been such a priority that everything else is subordinate. And that's simplified things. I moved five minutes from her. I, I, I sold my car so that I could get the place that I'm in. It allows me to walk everywhere, which in turn helps my health and allows me to be close by so that when she drives to my place, I'm right there as opposed to 50 minutes away like I was before. And um, I'm doing the things that I love. I almost became a doctor. I double majored in pre-med and creative writing at the University of Florida. I was going to be a doctor like my dad. Um, I I, I, chose, I chose the path of being a writer. And, um, you know, I definitely have traction being the, you know, kind of uncompromising or incapable of writing anything other than what I do. But, you know, it's taken a long time to get here. And so she's seen that the world does not, it, it is not the silver platter that's served up to you. And Not that she ever had any delusions about that, but you know, I, I I kind of can be um, a, a sounding board for any of her frustrations and, and I feel like I have a deeper understanding of struggling and you know, she's talking about how she's interested in psychology now, which makes so much sense because she's just brilliant when it comes to tolerating complexity for a variety of reasons and it's just, I think if you go into psychology, you are an artist pretty much unless yeah. you're like strictly clinical. Um, if it's the, the, the art of you know, figuring out,
0: which is what art does. Right. The art like of connecting with people, the art of, of going beyond just, you know, it's yeah, it's my yeah, I'll tell you, man, great.
1: my favorite thing about all of this has just been the unexpected connections to like-minded people, you know, similar yeah. to like the Billy, village idiot syndrome yeah. we talked about. You know, it's just so nice. Like because when you're when you're <laughs> genuine
0: about it, that comes
1: off.
2: Yeah,
0: so yeah. much of the music I'm releasing next year features people that I met due to like this podcast and stuff. It's just like you realize that there are there's so much about the world that wants to separate you and remind you of how you're different, how you're on one side or the other. But there's not really, good enough, right? Yeah, there's really way more out there that reminds us how similar we are. It's just that you, it's like amazingly, you have to go out of your way to find it. You have to. I think
1: it was that. um, I think it was John Green, the guy who wrote those those YA novels like The Fault in Our Stars. I read a cool quote from him, which um was basically, you know, I'm a best-selling novelist, and still most people have no idea who I am. And it's probably the yeah. same thing for like a George
0: R.R. R. Martin. I say yeah. that about you too. It's like even them, right. they're the, they're probably the most popular band in the world. There's more people who probably are like, yeah, who cares than actually you're like, right. or 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 who? Like, like yeah. really so much of it is like like it was like a Taylor Swift, it's like the
1: marketing machine, and it comes down to who can you put into someone's face all the time? But that builds resentment too. And so like like my professor in grad school, Tom Mankiewicz told me, um, I'd send him my script. He, he did, um, his dad did uh, All About Eve. His uncle did Citizen Kane, of course. Um, he did, um, well, the funniest one is with Bill Cosby, he, mother jugs in speed. But like he did a lot of the James Bond films with like Roger Moore and Timothy Dalton. He did-
0: I mean, by did, what do you mean by did? What? But what do you mean by did?
1: What do you mean? I don't understand.
0: Oh, you said he did them. Yeah, he he wrote them. Sorry. Oh, he wrote
1: them. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Screenwriting professor. Sorry. Right. Um, yeah, he um he lived next to Weird Al, and so like I would go up to his um his house in the in, in Beverly in Beverly, no, I'm sorry, Hollywood Hills, and like he talked about having Weird Al as like his neighbor and how like he'd send this forced perspective Christmas card. Of, of like, I might've mentioned this on the last podcast because exactly. I only have a finite number of stories, but like basically his poodle looked like they were balancing the family on, on oh. the dog's nose. And I bring that up again because actually open the portal of the studio where all uh, that's doing our animation. They also host a lot of parties at their studio. It's a converted airplane hangar. It's like a combination of Willy Wonka's factory, Pee Wee's Playhouse and Disneyland. It's insane. Yeah. Where's awesome. that located? Right on the LA river in Los Angeles um so the, if you go to their open the portal.com they have a tour on there if you click the left side you know oh, the, the, all the that's way. awesome and um yeah they're there but they have a lot of shows there like like they have a lot of famous djs and music groups like the guy who voiced spongebob has like his own band oh tom that. kenny yeah 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 so if you go to open the portals um a uh, page they had a tom kenny concert you know spongebob sounds a lot like popeye they had a, a, a celebration of Popeye's ninetieth anniversary with a bunch of Popeye's themed songs sung by Tom Kenny. You know, sounded like SpongeBob and Popeye. Hey, hey, hey you know, yeah. like, like, and um, their special guest
0: was Weird Al. Oh my god, I love yeah. Weird Al. Have you seen the Weird Al movie with um with, <clears you throat> with Eric It's insane. It's, I saw that out. Brilliant. That's it's actually brilliant.
1: Eric Apple's one of the directors. I'd love to reach out to. So if you're watching, Eric. Yeah you know
0: yeah that movie was, was genius it's just yeah. like it's it's uh, that's one of those things that in the writing process I'm, i am I would have if i was writing that movie so many times i'd have been like is this should we be doing this should we be is this is this anything in the end you're like this is amazing but i bet like i would have had so much during the process being like this could totally flop but it was everybody loved it it was brilliant
1: it, it, it really it really just just stuck with it and it did what i think was best instead of, of of normalizing towards any sort of emotional payoff it just kept pressing the accelerator like at the beginning the parody of like the the because that you know naturally any story has to start out with a, a tragic you know upbringing but usually that's where it stopped and the tension in a screenplay reconciles how that tragic upbringing is going to precipitate once this person's exposed to the normal difficult world and what extraordinary comes around comes up out of it and so it kind of it it kind of undulates between you know the 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 trauma and the 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 internal difficulties of the main character and and the successes that they have either through or in spite of that difficulty you know insert any biopic about a musician here and what this did was it said
0: or watch dewey cox
1: as he get parodied (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I, I, you know, yeah. <clears throat> I didn't see you Walk Hard. I heard that there's a lot of um, overlap there, but yeah, like you know, Dewey Cox was not the number, the premier parody artist of our time. Weird Al was. Oh no, 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 no and, Weird and, Al. And just they just kept they just kept ratcheting it up. They just made everything more and more ridiculous, so that that that, that by the end of it, you were left with a, a, a pastiche of a man, and and it was really charitable because. If you didn't get at the beginning that it was, you know, not real, right? By the end you had no choice. And so it didn't, it didn't exclude anybody.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: They can look back, and they can look back and say, oh, okay. And they can laugh at all those ridiculous cameos
0: at this pool party that never happened. Right. What's brilliant about that is that like objectively speaking, Weird Al is sort of a, a one. Like a like one a of one, one, one note, like a one well, he's also like a one-note act, though. It's like the guy basically, if you're talking about the guy from the eighties who was singing food songs based on Michael Jackson, and here we are, however many years later, making this film that is somehow both authentic to that and something so completely wildly different, it speaks to the one of oneness of it, where it's like there is only one weird owl. Like it's For
1: sure. I think it started as a as a as a funnier guy skit
0: yeah well it also starts with somebody has enough sense of humor about himself like he does because you know there's a lot of stars out there that if you said like oh we're gonna make this like they made that nicholas cage movie he obviously was like you know whatever himself the john malkovich movie he had to go right. through a few people to get him to do that if you are a star that's able to step back from your ego and i'm betting weird al does not have a huge ego you can do some pretty special things I yeah know. and it also
1: prevented him from having to you know reveal any more about his true life than he may have wanted excellent to excellent
0: point yeah You
1: know, yeah. And, and um and, and funny about about being john malkovich um not
0: which wasn't a star at that time
1: i think he'd done dangerous liaisons and and, and maybe a few it was artists. a
0: name people knew but i don't think they always like you know you'd recognize the name but I don't. Right, know. Right. It, it, it wasn't like it like, was. like i think the joke
1: goes why can't we fucking make it the executive said why can't we fucking make it being tom cruise
0: right yeah
1: and and, 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 and so yeah those are you, you know those, those self-referential you know pieces um what was, it? what was the Nicolas Cage one called? Like the unbearable weight of massive... Yeah, tolerance. I haven't seen and that, but somebody I, was I, just I telling me I to see not Um it. But, but you, you know, like they say that like, like those types of films are like handicaps for writers because either if you write biopics that are, you know, that, that come with a preordained story structure, then you don't really have to worry about doing the hard work of plotting. But like when you add, when you add creative elements to something and you bring something truly new, which I'm hoping to do with mine, um... The, the familiarity with the subject works in your favor because you don't have to explain who they are so much. You get to explain what you think is important about them. Exactly.
0: Yeah. There has to still be something about something very special and unique about it. It's almost like a biopic almost like a cover song where you don't want to just get up there and play it like the way the person does. You have to add something, your own almost commentary of it that enriches it in an artistic and, and way. So
1: many, so many
0: fail at that, you know, um, right. Like even like that Muhammad Ali movie with Will Smith, Will Smith put on a hell of a performance for that, but that's a pretty cookie cutter movie. And it's one of the ones where I think, all right, we're going to try to get this into contention. It's like other movies like this have done well, but it doesn't, besides the amazing performance, it doesn't add much to it. Then you
1: have one like uh, Spielberg's uh, Lincoln, which was, you know, of course, I think it was written by one of the Gilroy's. um, And to me, that movie is less concerned with the, the true to life story of Lincoln and, and more concerned with what, what kind of man can can say can say yes or no to slavery and right. the, the and the, the unfoldings of that, the the precipitations from that. And helps to have helps to have Daniel Day Lewis, of course. But yeah. like, you know, um yeah any 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 of those any of those biopic films like they, they say one of the rules is like you focus on a narrow time period. You don't want to do a, a, a cradle to grave type assessment. So I kind of fly in the face of that with mine, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, uh, you know, what, what happens with it. There are uh, we have a lot of hurdles to go through. We have a lot um, still waiting to see what the, what the graphic um, novels interpretation of the character is going to look like, but we should be getting to that shortly. We have all, all the, contracts lined up and everything and um you know just and right now i haven't written probably i got i got hired to to, to write something else but independent of that this 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 producer hustles man it's exhausting you can do as much or as little as you want
0: yep and that's I, the funny thing for people who aren't in the industry and when you when you see producer credits go by you if unless you know what what happened that movie you have no idea who did what some yeah, of those you, people you, all they did was get a check and others of them were on set every day
1: Right. 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 You know, like, I'm sure you deal with this creatively. Like you can, you can get up and say, well, you know what? I'm just going to take a day off. And sometimes yeah. you do need to take a day off. This, this stuff will, will drain you. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of where you weren't aware of how much you were
0: working until you felt like, Oh, am I sick? I can't oh, tell all the time, sick, yeah. but I feel sick. My, I need- my dad runs his own machine shop. He has for the past 30 years. And he has a saying, he goes, when you work for yourself, your boss is always an asshole. That's true. That's true. I I can only tell
1: sometimes because independent of whether I'm writing a screenplay, an outline or whatever, I'm going I'm going to work every day. It's just that work these past few weeks has been writing emails, not not not, you know, or finding creative pathways to people like like, you know, for instance, with this Kickstarter, a lot of it has been reaching out to producers, you know, trying to figure out who might be fans of Zarface or whatever. And um, you know, see, seeing if there's some common ground there, and you know, like like being serious and genuine, and 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 not not projecting, you know, um, just just opportunism and, and wanting to, to to optically demonstrate that you're about collaboration and you appreciate them. It requires you to write thoughtfully and. To do that several times a day gets exhausted right. pretty quickly. And I'm that thinking, makes a huge
0: difference. It's particularly like when
1: you me. know you're not going to hear back from most of them.
0: Right. And you talk about like what a great guy Esoteric is, Word Burglar, another super nice guy. I bet that at least something to do with the fact he got that Transformers gig. It's like so yeah. much of being in Weird Al, tremendously nice giving person. So much about having a long career like the Kevin Smiths and people like this is about Making sure that you're nice to people and that they remember how you how how you've left them felt, even more so than what you say, because that makes a huge difference. It's one of the reasons why, you know, I always like if I need help with somebody, I something, I always try to go to somebody I know who I think might be the, the expert, somebody I've talked to before. And I go, let's talk about this. And mm-hmm. in, in, in being nice to people makes it easier to go back and talk to them because they're not like, oh, you're the asshole and now just want something.
1: And you have a track record of being decent and kind?
0: Yeah, it you means know, that's, not, easy, that's means not easily that's not
1: easily forgotten.
0: And the yeah. fact that I genuinely like I would much rather like I give away more art than I sell because I, I just like making people happy. Like to me, nothing makes me happier than making somebody laugh. Hey, you
1: saw I, I couldn't I couldn't put them up on my wall quick enough.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah, forever, I love yeah. Him,
1: man. yeah, and I gave away some of the, the stickers to some of the really kind employees at the coffee shop I go to where they give my daughter a lot of free coffee. Sweet. And you know they're just—it's literally in my building. It's called Foxtail, and um, you should have seen their eyes light up. You know, just—I nice. CD- can CD- send you some CD- more
0: too. I was actually just organizing all my stuff. And oh I man, ready.
1: please, please! I got—I got, I got <laughs> the, the cover that you did—the—the uh, the Dooms Are Face uh, homage to uh, the Punisher Spider-Man comic cover. That's oh, on, yeah. on my laptop. I got a couple yeah. of these. I got the Oxidation Moons day and your Soma logo right above Turbo Man, right next nice. to the Famicom Transformers game from Japan um yeah man you're 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 a real one for sure for sure for sure man i i
0: Let's, before we go, because I know you only got a little amount of time here, what, right now, I believe this is dropping Martin Luther King Day weekend, if I think if I'm doing my math right, so we're recording this a few days before Christmas, the Friday before Christmas and um, okay. it's dropping then, what, um, I mean, not that much of the time, but what, what, what are you looking for, two, what are you looking at for, for, for 2024, like in terms of where do you want, um, here's my cat Chloe coming by to say hi. Oh, hi, sweetheart. What's up, buddy? Oh. I'm almost done. What um? What do you? Where are you looking to be in twenty Honestly,
1: I'd be okay with the cat next to me. Um, <laughs> nah, she's not okay. So, so you just look so, up like, what is this guy? So doing? given 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 that so much is out of my control, and um, I I do think that there will be an exponentiation with wherein like we'll have enough people. Involved. I think once we get the record printed and sent out, I I would like I would like I would like to get that to in the hands. Of, of people who would like to be involved with this project, because I do believe that um, that there's, there, there's a, such a purity to this project that, you know, you know, you see just the story of my Kickstarter, like, and, and, and you see the people that I've attracted and, yeah. you know, I've been grateful enough to have here. Um, I, I do think that the momentum will continue with this. I am not letting up. I would like to see in 24, you know, we have the graphic novel and um, we have, we have, both footage and publicly announced attachments, you know, that that either if we've either um we've either wrapped on a short concept film that is going around to festivals, or we are knee deep in um, production of the feature, either from angel investors or, you know, just getting enough of the people involved or getting the right talent there. Um I don't know, but I know I know there will be more. Definitely the the graphic novel um which I've heard from a few people a couple pages of that will, will, will motivate a couple of these big names to, to potentially sign on. And, um, I know it's not going to be anything Hollywood. It's not, and, and nor should it be because right. it is, this has been going its own way from the beginning, I guess, just like I have. And, and so, um, if, if, if I get like, let's say if, if I, if, if, if I meet with some producers or some managers, or, you know, people who have more connections then you know, We'll see there, but like I am. Just but this is the
0: type, but this is the type of thing that almost gets you that that could get you that Hollywood job because it's like it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, like I, this I is a great that. calling card. This I had is kind of a
1: false. I kind of had a false start with that when I got first signed, and actually the script here was developed with my previous manager, and I'm I'm very grateful for that. But like, I was one of these kids who like, so the blacklist rates scripts from like zero to ten, where like zero is nobody gets a zero, nobody gets a 10 pretty much. But right. like, you know, a two means- We all like,
0: know what a one and a nine means. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's two, it's incompetent. And then I got I got a nine and several 10 out of 10 subscores on the first script I ever wrote, which wow. I developed, but, you know, and that got me signed, but it was considered to be, I think I pitched it to you the last, the last podcast. It was considered to be two out there. It's 140 pages long. And you get nines on the blacklist, but also twos and threes. Right. And um, so like, I was never necessarily commercial. And so like, I took the screenplay- which my manager last, you know, went out with it, but nobody bit, that could have been a factor in many things. And then I found my great producer and then I've just been building up the elements on, on my own. And so I I'm totally okay. If that's like the route that I need to keep going with, like I very, at the very least I want to get this made. And then once this, once this, this, this will become something bigger than anything I could ever put on a resume then you know i'm thinking you know my daughter's going to be graduating do i do i move you know to the northeast and take a teaching job with this thing as a thing that got me the gig like in college somewhere yeah i'd love to do that because i do love teaching i hate the bullshit but um you, you know if i have that if i have this just like a guy you know if he was once the world's strongest man like eddie hall or something and he he did that pound right? deadlift he doesn't have anything to prove like if right. i have this happen I would not have anything else to prove, and I could I could settle for something else without stringing myself out with you know a variety of internal stressors. And so like like you know just uh, I am balls to the wall. I become more fearless by the day. I become more confident by the day. Being back on your show certainly helps with that. Feel free to send this to anybody. You know, um, as you as you you don't need my permission for that, man. You know, and, and feel free to reach out for anything as well if you need. It's
0: funny you mentioned that thing about um the um the, like you what you just described that feeling is the exact thing i'm trying to do with the movie i'm making the drinking songs for children movie i'm making right. the right. calling card to try trying to get the next thing so it's very it's like i think you're about a year ahead of where i'm at and obviously you're doing things yeah. on a slightly, on a bigger scale but like my album's done I got the, I got all the features yeah. on it I'm invested in it and it's like this is going to be my thing that when I'm done at least I'll never able to take it away from me. so I totally you're, relate you're, to that having your energy give that off helps me too you know
1: and, and I, I think you, you're of the right comportment and, and generosity to where you you know once this crystallizes for you you'll be undeniable and that's what we're working towards so, like right. I think that everybody you you're, you 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 care enough about to invite on your show ha, ha, has that degree of undeniability. It's just a matter of when the opportunities intersect, and and you know, so that so much of that is out of our hands. But what is within our hands is 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 to continue to hedge that bet and to 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 make to make less to make luck, you know, let less less of a bystander and 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 more more of a inevitability
0: yep you be can be ready and then you. you'll be ready you know be ready and then it won't feel like luck it's just opportunity yeah bro you know? And as, as you know man like
1: mm-hmm. like you know thank god for ig i can just shoot you a message i've, I've kept yeah. you in the loop about everything you've kept me in the loop about stuff you know like we'll, we'll just we'll just keep this going and maybe i'll be be a third time guest on here give oh, you another
0: i'd love to have you back to talk thank about you this guys, as an Uh
1: you know maybe maybe once we have something to show it on your channel
0: I love that too, man. I, I, yeah, any way I can be involved in this? This is an awesome project.
1: You are, man. Sorry, you're tethered. You're tethered to me, but I won't. I won't show up for Christmas. You're welcome to. I oh, appreciate it. Well, man, this was like a Christmas for me, anyways, dude. And you know, I'm, I'm wishing you, wishing you all the best, and me um, too, man. You, you know, um, yeah, brother.
0: All right, man. I will right, well, we'll leave it at that, man. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm gonna wrap up the recording now, and uh, okay. happy 2024, everybody.
1: You, yeah, absolutely, guys. Thank you for
0: listening, watching, tolerating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to
2: tolerate him. You feel me? Uh huh. We ride it, man. You ride Yeah. We got soma. We got pills. <laughs> we got honest. Honest. what Yeah, yeah. We got everything we need, man. Yeah, I'm not just saying. My license was. It's just saying. start getting shot and smoked on city blocks for low. With any qual, same shit a hey, year. My first full gray hair. One more felony, I might have my first full gray beard. It's way weird. Feel like that was only yesterday. I'ma slowly blow like paroles. The homies guesstimate when I blow. Don't roll me like you know me. No hit the exit stage. Left of the tackle spray redirecting your steps this way. It real shit progressin' got the steel with the vested. Even in the summertime, I Will Smith and Weston. You cut it from the grassy, so underground Nardwuar wouldn't know what the fuck to ask me. I stick it in the stomach now let me hit the throat she call me mr drummond so many different strokes your punch lines mr drummond audience mr jokes to your family return from visit folks
0: Flip manuscripts, cause her man went from damaged kid to damn. He's rich. But she still can't stand the way he manages. To never put nickels in the can for the cancer kids. Plus, he cheats at corn holding rags that he won. So she lost interest like porno after she comes. My DM started jingling, baby, as it was done. Two seconds later, I can hear the snapping of her gums. She calls me Dodge Challenger, half lip Gallagher. I'm happy that I luckily sat next to her in algebra. I try to hold her down, but I just couldn't balance her between the million meetings that I keep in my calendar. Plus odds aren't too sloppy that I know why my cell is blowing up probably, but I should check just as well. Call the cops, see if I can get a hold and tell if that's copyright's yell raising hell inside the holding cell.
2: smell the smoke from the cookout, Uh the bushes in the parks with the lookout, fresh print summertime on the radio, throwback Friday, all the ladies know, know. then I'm a smooth type guy, guy. listen Listen I'm the shit I need, two time Time high. part of my soul on my head, sky high, the weed smoke cover my body so I try, Uh put a scent on like sunblock, summertime's body season so keep your gun Uh cocked. I countin' beers in the cooler, cause when the fun stops, that's when the arguments happen in the gunshots. It's summertime, backyards where we play cards, spittin' in Cypher, the homie trade bars. Uh Dominoes, slam on the table, we take charge. I got a style you can make large. Uh Uh See, motherfuckin' right.